Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh... Hey, guys. Welcome to Spooky Tuesday, our first episode. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. Monica and Sydney first had the idea to start a scary movie podcast a couple of months ago, but we really got the ball rolling when we started watching movies every week with a group of friends. We loved having our virtual movie nights, but we wanted to find a way to include other people, which is where Spooky Tuesday got its start. Yeah. We we sit there and we just talk about our movies and we talk shit about these movies. We mm-hmm. love Horror movies, any kind of horror movies, horrible B movies, slasher movies, uh, the monster origi- movies. It originally started with um, a shark movie, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our very first it- entry was forty-seven meters down, uncaged, and it truly was uncaged and unhinged, and it really was inspirational. Because I mean, we're in the middle of fucking quarantine. We have nothing to bring us joy. And the only thing that made me happy, honestly, every Tuesday was watching spooky movies with you guys on the internet. So thank you. And now we just really want to bring our love and our enthusiasm <laughs> for all things spooky to y'all. Get in on these tu- these scary-ass Tuesdays with us. It's mostly funny. Not as scary as you'd think. <laughs> we are... Drum roll, please, ladies. Starting with our favorite, I mean, it's been my favorite from all of the movies that we've watched, Scream. This franchise, obviously, is super iconic um, and really kind of kick-started horrors, like, whole new movement again. I guess there had been kind of a lull in between having a really big moment in the 80s and then this movie bringing it back. Um, but it was just the whole franchise was such a hit with our OG spooky crew. Um, we've all got our different favorites, but Scream 2 was the most highly attended movie. Before we get to that one, though, we have to talk about Scream 1, the original. It's not called Scream 1. It's just called Scream. (laughs) We watched it again. They were setting it up for a franchise. (laughs) Scream 1. They were like... We know there's going to be a sequel, but before we get there, let's just lay the groundwork. Uh, (laughs) When did y'all originally watch this movie? Because it came out in 1996, and I was was six when it came out. Um, I'm 100% sure that I watched it by the time I was seven, and I was way too young, and I was obsessed with this movie. Damn it. Everybody was allowed to watch scary movies when they were a little kid except for me. But honestly, I was such a little pansy that I never would have been able to handle it. So I'm glad that I didn't see this until like three years ago because I was finally ready at that point. I don't know if I was allowed to watch scary (laughs) movies per se, but um, I was pretty unsupervised a lot as a child and left to my own devices. And um, I just watched a lot of inappropriate horror movies growing up. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when I first saw it, um, but I did get a TV in my room in the fifth grade, which was a mistake on my parents' part. Um, <laughs> and I think I probably just like watched it when it was on the TV sometime. I think that's how I saw a lot of movies I probably was not supposed to back in the day. Was It was just like, 
playing on what was at the time known as either Fox Family or like ABC Family way back in the day. Um, And I think I probably just tuned in because I don't know when I first saw it. I just know at some point I had seen it. It's always been a part of you if you really think about it, you know? It's always been inside of me. I will never forget trick-or-treating one year and a boy in my neighborhood who I later went on dating in high school, but that's beyond the point, was – wore the big ghost face mask and terrorized us (laughs) around the neighborhood at trick-or-treating and we were so scared. It's burned into my brain. <laughs> I feel so annoyed that I went like 25 at least years of seeing those masks and being like, oh, that's from that stupid slasher movie. I don't like slasher movies. And then to have myself just punched in the face with reality when I finally watched it and realized that I was a hoity-toity asshole. <laughs> but see, that's one of the best things about this movie is so many people had your... Slasher movies were so played out by 1996. They were doing remakes of the same films and sequels and, you know, 800, you know, Halloweens and Jason and Freddy Krueger that scream just blew things out of the water because it was so self-aware. So it was, uh, I don't want to say meta, but I mean, I guess- it had so much love for the genre is what I think was really special about it it was like Mm -hmm. a lot of horror movies um when they were being meta it was they were like we know this is a horror we know you've seen it all before but this movie was such a love letter to horror movies that's so true that's a beautiful way to put it especially Halloween there's more Halloween references in this movie than I can count to the point when we rewatched it yesterday, I was like, oh, that's a Halloween reference. Oh, that's a Halloween reference. Oh, guess what? They're watching actual Halloween at the end of it. (laughs) I didn't even realize that. But now you saying that, I can totally see that. Also, all the Freddy Krueger references, too. Mm -hmm were so good like there's this moment where there's just a random janitor and he's a hundred percent dressed up as freddy like head to toe just Um, casually imdb trivia says that is the actual freddy sweater i don't know if that's true i don't know if that's real but people don't lie on the internet so i have to assume that's the real sweater you know what i mean no the internet is never wrong yeah imdb trivia is like the bible you know it's Mm -hmm. it's like Mm, that doesn't mean a lot, actually. It's like uh, an encyclopedia. How about that? <laughs> I got to say, though, when we watched Scream for the first time with our OG Spooky crew, I hadn't seen Halloween at that point. And so, like, I knew that there were a lot of references. I appreciated that they existed. I was like, whatever. Um, and then once we had seen Halloween and we watched this again – I when I recognized it on the screen, I don't know, it hit different. It felt really special. Like it wasn't I I felt closer to the movie. You know what I mean? It felt like I was part of it now. Like I got the joke. It's like finally I'm in on this. I'm part yeah. of the crew. It's like I'm finally cool and educated enough to know what the hell is going on in this movie. <laughs> I still didn't get it yesterday, so thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that we can do to make you 
you know, feel like you don't get it, we're down for Monica. I really appreciate it. Put me in my place. I need that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, though, is we all kind of come from different spooky backgrounds where I know, Sydney, you've seen a lot of the classics, but you haven't seen a lot of the newer ones. I missed out on a lot of classics and I just saw like what was on TV and then some new things. Um, And Monica, I know you've seen a lot of the really weird shit. Yeah, I went through recently. You watch recent horror movies, right? Like you go in theaters when we could go into theaters and like see right when they come out, right? There is nothing better than seeing it in the theater. Um, my favorite thing to do is to go with my friend Hawk and just like obliterate his hand from holding it so hard from being so scared. Most recently, I did that for Invisible Man and I screamed so loud that I hurt him. <gasps> Another time, I saw Annabelle Creation with my friend Walter and he's my coworker. So we were new friends and I socked him in the arm because I was so scared. So that was good. I hope we do that one on the pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> For me, my I don't know when I got so into scary movies. I've always loved them. I've always loved Halloween, but I like really picked up steam for some reason last fall. It was right after Halloween, and I just started – I got over my fear of watching scary movies by myself, and I just was watching a scary movie literally every single night by myself because my fucking boyfriend didn't want to watch them with me. And then literally after three months, me watching them all by myself, he was like, you know what, Monica? I got over my fear of scary movies, and now I would like to watch every movie you just fucking watched again with you right now. It was a big fight. <laughs> <sighs> Adam, ruiner of all movies. But can we talk about maybe my favorite thing in this movie, Mm -hmm. which is the cast of this movie? Oh, God, it's perfect. Everyone is so iconic in their role is the thing. It's like I don't know how many of them were huge stars at the time, um, because when I was watching, I was like, has Drew Barrymore ever done another horror movie? And then IMDb trivia told me that not only has Drew Barrymore done a bunch of other horror movies, but she had the most horror movie credits of anyone at the time of filming, um, which just goes to show that I don't know a single thing in my whole life. Um, but <laughs> I have no idea. Is, yeah, everyone is so perfect in every single role. Like even the funds fits in you know what I mean like a stunt casting move like that I don't know if it's stunt casting but a move like that where someone is so known for a certain role sometimes it can like break you out of the illusion a little bit but he was flawless well I know that Henry Winkler didn't want to be billed on the movie he wanted to be you know uncredited so he wouldn't overshadow all the new up-and-coming actors this movie what a great guy I we love the bonds he is perfect I also feel like this movie had the perfect cast that every other subsequent slasher was so obviously trying to replicate they're like we gotta find someone as hot and sexy as Skeet his name is Skeet I don't get what's his last name guys Ulrich Ulrich oh Skeet who named you? I'm so sorry, but you're so hot. I'm pretty sure it's a <laughs> oh stage God. name. I mean, I'm so not the internet, so well. I don't know. He, he made that decision on his own is our takeaway right that, now. Yes. Well, he's a confident man, and I don't blame him for being confident because look at him. And also, I mean, he they have the ultimate scary movie, Romeo. 
in this film. Google says Ski Ulrich's real name is Brian Ray Trout. So maybe Ski, Ski Ulrich is an improvement. <laughs> maybe it's just like... Trout? That's what Google says. Okay, so he could have been Ski Trout. No, no, he never would have been Ski Trout. And I want that on the record. Maybe Brian Ulrich. Maybe... Ski Trout. Ski no, 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 no. Don't... Don't stop it. Don't do him like that. He doesn't deserve it. Where okay, imagine you're like, I'm a sex imagine being like, I'm a sexy man trying to make my way. And I have a name that ends in a fish. And so I need to make an improvement on that. So I'm gonna go and do something that's that skeet. I'm gonna call myself Skeet. Hello, my name is Jizzfish. Yes. Stop it's it. the same thing. You guys are. It's the same. <laughs> Chelsea, it's the same you guys thing. Are bullying Ski Ulrich, who not in current day, but his scream era person. That's my boyfriend. So I would date current. Ski Ulrich is also my boyfriend. Yes. Um, okay. Ski Ulrich, if you are listening to this, my bullying is a hundred percent flirting. Please find me on Instagram and slide into my DMs. You're gonna turn off. I love the name Skeet. Sure. But you're going to turn off our real group boyfriend, who is Matthew Lillard. Oh, yeah. Let's be real. I Like, Skeet, you're fine, but Matthew is the one. He is our group boyfriend, the collective boyfriend. We love Matthew Lillard. We are looking. We're probably, we're probably like, his fan club at this point. Like, we're going to start... I will I will put hours in. Sure. I will do I'll do whatever it takes. You can be the president. It's only our first episode. We could change this podcast to I Heart Matthew Lillard podcast. We don't want to come on too strong, but that's definitely the subtext. <laughs> that's the secret name. The secret name like underneath all of this is I love you. Yeah. I think if we ever um, get to the point where we have merch, they will just be like, remember how Abercrombie and Fitch and like Hollister back in the day, you would go in and you would buy like a Mrs. Ashton Kutcher shirt. We're just going to have Mrs. Matthew Lillard shirts and that will be our only merch. That's a lie. Maybe we would do other things, but that's our first merch for sure. Don't you think? That's our first merch. Matthew Lillard's Sister Wives. Wow, that's a TLC wow. show in the making. Give us a reality series. We are yeah. primed. I'll tie my life away for that, for sure. I'm, I'm very against reality TV, but for that, I'd be there. So we have Zaddy Skeet, Mega Zaddy, Matthew Lillard, queen of all queens, Drew Barrymore, who is only in this movie for 12 minutes. But what a good, yeah, just the perfect 12 minutes. Here's the thing. Her scene at the beginning is the best scene of the movie. It is the scene of the movie that you remember that made a lasting impression. That scared the shit out of seven-year-old Sydney watching um, her be chased around, her boyfriend being absolutely gutted, disemboweled. Gutted like a trout. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, the most iconic look, the l- most lasting iconic look from at least this one of the franchise, because we know later on 
Um, there's different haircuts that really stand out. But the blonde bob with the front bangs on Drew Barrymore. If you see a Scream shirt, it either has the ghost face on there or it has Drew Barrymore screaming with the giant ass home phone next to her face. Like that's the the picture. I had that haircut. <gasps> you did. Seven-year-old me had that exact same haircut. When I tell you that this is my favorite movie. Again, I had the haircut. My name is Sydney. I dated a boy named Billy. On purpose? <laughs> um no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god i'm sorry girl but uh drew did the bob with the bangs a little bit better than eight-year-old sydney did but you still looked really cute and i do have a printout of that photo in my home and so thank you, you. i just think that i mean if you want to talk about favorite moments maybe mine would be somebody else but you're right as far as self-contained scenes go that character story is incredible um drew barrymore did amazing i think she was originally this is another imdb trivia for you i think she was originally going to play sydney and then she was like do you know what would be interesting do you know what would be kind of cool do you know what would get audiences turning out and then shock them right off the bat let's do a psycho moment where you just like you're like this is the main character psych and then that's actually where psych comes from it comes from I'm making this up. Psycho? I'm making this up on the spot. But it comes from when you went to see <laughs> It comes from when you went to see Psycho and you thought Marion Crane was the main character and then she dies one third of the way into the film. Guys, you heard it here first. This is now on the internet. Therefore, it is a proven fact. Mm-hmm. It's true. Wow. Thank you for educating me on this. You're day. welcome. Um, I love words and the history of words. So that is <laughs> that history of that word um and it really came into play here with drew and i just she really set the stakes for the whole movie where it made you believe anybody could die and then you know a lot of people did yeah anyone could have died and a lot of them did. i gotta say though i cannot see drew as sydney so i think they made the right call doing a little switcheroo there because neve campbell is that bitch. I really is that bitch. I love her in this movie. I didn't watch Party of Five. I, I honestly don't really know just, what that even is. So no idea. Like, I've never heard she's of from. It's like how she was famous. I never. I've still never seen it. But the only other thing I've seen her in was The Craft. Sure. So mm-hmm. again, Iconic Neve Campbell like is our spooky queen. Is her name not Nev Campbell? I don't know. Is now that you have me doubting myself. I thought for sure it was Neve, but I could be wrong. I thought for sure it was Nev, but I mm. trust you guys, and I'm outnumbered. I'm, so we I'm will just gonna call her Campbell. Yeah, we're just gonna call her Campbell here on out. Um, so on the record, let's just call her Sydney. It's oh no, it doesn't work. Sydney's name is Sydney. Damn. <laughs> trust us, because Chelsea and I were calling uh, Rose McGowan. Paige this whole movie we sure when were. we know her name is Tatum but Rose McGowan will always be Paige from Charmed to us I got so gaslit by these two <laughs> from that they just kept like texting me being like oh Paige this Paige that and in my notes I literally wrote Paige looks so good in that little skirt blah 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 and then I was like then they literally were like Tatum go get a beer and I was like 
it's Tatum and Tatum is a cooler no, name okay. so here's the thing I need to believe in myself more <laughs> I really honestly thought her name was Paige I wasn't trying to gaslight you it just like felt so right to me and I didn't even notice it until you were like that's not her name and I was like what <laughs> you know what you know, it's like potato, potato, Neve, Nev, Paige, Tatum. Who can tell the difference? It's fine. It's a personal <laughs> preference kind of thing, you know. Skeet Ulrich, Jizz Trout, same thing. Um, I oh want to navigate away from that topic, which I feel we have we have, we have covered extensively at this point. Um, I just want to say Rose McGowan also flawless in her role. I wrote in my notes. Rose McGowan is perfect as Paige. I'm sorry to to Tatum. <laughs> I went back into my notes and I deleted Paige every time I wrote it and uh, and corrected it. So I have Tatum is iconic. <laughs> so there we go. Tatum has one of my favorite death yeah. scenes in this movie. Oh, for sure. And I like it's one of my favorites, but I also take a lot of issue with it because I think she should have been in the sequel I think she should have survived instead of Randy I get we need Randy for you know the more horror pot plot thing but Tatum was a better character <laughs> she had Sydney's back she was a great she was friend. such a good friend she was really a good friend but her death when she does, uh, she has one of the best quotes when she's doing it, and she thinks uh, it's I, who she does. She thinks it's Stu thinks or it's Billy or Randy. They all think it's Randy. Oh yeah, they always think it's Randy because Randy's a a fucking freak. So they're like, oh, this must be Randy prank calling me like a psychopath. But no. <laughs> but when she's no. Please don't off me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. We want you in the sequel uh, too, baby. Is that the first time it's called Ghostface? I think so. Because I remember being like, Why, where'd you pull that from? <laughs> right? Like, because obviously throughout the series, you know, we all know him as Ghostface. So I think that is the moment where the killer gets its nickname. That is so fascinating. I can't say... That I remember any other time that they really said Ghostface. I know the actual no. name of the costume within the film is Father Time. Um, that like when he pulls up the costume bag from the store to be like, you can get this at yeah. any five and dime. It says Father Time on it. And I didn't notice that. I don't have that keen of an eye for detail. But that was also on um, IMDb trivia. <laughs> In what world would that be Father Time? But whatever, that's not. It's the like point. the 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 Grim Reaper. I think it was kind of like a time comes for us all kind of thing. Ah, you know what I mean? death is inevitable. Yes, yes. Uh, the <laughs> Earth is our mommy, and death is our daddy. Oh Jesus Christ! What the? Fuck? I didn't. I didn't feel good saying that, but it did come out I of my mouth. Hearing it. I had a great time with you saying that, Chelsea, oh, just so you know. For you, then. Uh, for me and me only, it was a private moment. <laughs> but her doing that, her nipples oh, are peak beautiful. 90s perkiness. Okay, I have a question about the nipples, and I don't want to um, be weird about Rose McGowan's body because Rose McGowan has been through a lot, but – 
Yeah, so I don't want to be like speculating about her nipples, but I am only because I know like on Friends and stuff, they had like false nipples like in bras and stuff like that so that they would be nipply without like being their real nipples right isn't yeah isn't that a true factor did I also make that one up well they saw bras like that still to this day but yes it was very popular I think in the 90s yes so they were so prominent in that scene and I didn't really notice them at any other point in the movie that I have to wonder like did they give her a nipples bra you know they might have and also garages are notoriously cold Mm. so she opens the door there's a gust of cold air no but I think it was a bra (laughs) I also think that she had the most inhumanly perfect perky nipples to go with the I'm the dumb hypersexual person who gets killed so I think that had to have been a obvious stylized horror movie trope in this movie all about horror movie tropes. They're like, if we're positioning Tatum, I almost said Paige, if we're positioning Tatum as the slutty one, we got to make sure her nipples are a poppin'. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because we all know. Only, only, oh, you're going to say the same thing as me. Only slutty girls have, cold, have hard nipples, you know? That's just how it is. Jesus Christ. The 90s were a, a wild ride. <laughs> my, my issue with this death scene Okay, so when she is th- like just absolutely chucking beer bottles at Ghostface, right? Obsessed like with just her. one, she has great aim. I could never. Why? I know she tries to open the door and like go- she goes back to the door and realizes it's locked. Why doesn't she just push the garage door opener and try? It would open enough <laughs> that she could slide under and then run back in and be like, the murderer is here. And I do want to know, was it Billy or Stu up there? It was Billy? I think it's Billy. I think they. I think the thing is that they kill the other person's person. So, like, I think Billy killed Drew Barrymore's character because Drew Barrymore is Stu's ex. So, also, Stu was in the house and he said, hey, can you go get me a beer? So, it'd be weird if he just followed her out right away after that. Yeah, I tried That's to track who was in the ghost face costume throughout the film and who was doing each attack. Um, there were a lot of moments where there's no real way to know. Um, and at one point, IMDb Trivia said that there were two killers with Casey and Steve, Drew Barrymore, in the beginning. Because um, there's one at the front and one at the back. I don't know that I buy that. I think it was just Billy who went after Casey because the next day Tatum said that Stu was with her all night. Um, And I think if they're doing the whole, I take yours, you take mine. So even if they look at us as the boyfriends or as the exes, we have that um, alibi in place. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it really makes sense to do a double killer situation. Um, And I don't know that they established that they have two costumes for one, although obviously it'd be easy to do that. But I think, um, I think Casey and Steve were both Billy. There's like an implied attack on Sydney's dad that we don't know who it is, but it's that next morning, I guess, or 
when does when does Sydney's dad leave for the airport? Is it that same night or the next morning? I think it's the morning after the murder mm-hmm. because then they, yeah, she goes to they school and they find out about the okay, murder. Okay, so that one could mm-hmm. be Stu or Billy. Um, there's the first attack on Sydney. I think that one is Stu because Billy comes through her window one second later. So I think that had to have been Stu. Yeah. The call to Sydney at Pages, that was Stu. Although we can debate this in a moment because after the sex scene, Sydney's like, who'd you call at the police station? Because she's having this this moment where she's like, you didn't call your dad because the police called your dad. Could you have called me at Tatum's house? Although that doesn't really make sense because if Billy's dad showed up to the police station while she was still there, obviously she was not at Tatum's house yet. Um, and then Billy would have already, he wouldn't get his phone call after his dad was already there. Um, yeah. So he must have called Stu and then Stu knew to call Tatum's house once Sydney was there. There's a second attack on Sydney. I don't, that must've been when she was in the bathroom, I think. And it could have been either one. At the school. Yes. At the the school. bathroom at the school. Well, but she ran into, but that, that's what I don't get. Like she was with Stu. Remember they were talking. Mm-hmm. And then she ran into Billy. Yeah. And, and then so then how would the and then she so went straight to the bathroom Stu. and the killer was already in there. But so how did Stu leave, put on the costume, and then hide when those girls like when those girls were were the girl did the girls walk in when she was in the bathroom? The mean girls who I would have decked yeah. if yeah, I heard them talking shit about in me. the bathroom. So I like was it Henry Winkler, oh, the principal? Henry Winkler, how could you? <laughs> and then, and then he killed himself right after. Like I don't know how that would have worked. I think it was Stu in the bathroom. I'm gonna buy um, that too. Also. Although there were definitely a lot of Ghostface moments that um, are very questionable. Not in is it Stu or is it Billy, but in the sense of like why and what were you doing um other than I guess you can attribute anything really to like psychological torture but when Tatum and Sydney were in the grocery store like you see Ghostface's reflection and there's a moment where you like see Ghostface outside of Sydney's house and it's like okay so now they're just dressing up to go around and like maybe be spotted but we don't even see them scare anyone and that like definitely built tension for the audience because we're like they're being stalked and they don't even know it but it's like it that it's that feels like um asking to get caught I felt that that was a poor strategic move on Stu and Billy's part they're being reckless at this point and they haven't even killed the object of this whole fucking thing which is Sydney I, okay. so like why I had another question about that too so obviously Steve and Casey are the first people killed, then they kidnap Sydney's dad, and then there's the first attack on Sydney. So were they really trying to kill Sydney right off the bat and they just didn't manage to pull it off and they wanted to do her first? And then the whole thing like spawned larger after that when they didn't manage to pull it off and that's when everybody else got the proverbial axe? Um, or was that just like a scare tactic to be like, we really want you to feel nice and afraid? I feel like they weren't trying because I feel like that was them planning. So Billy like knew he would come and like yeah. do all that kind of stuff. So I think that was just a let's attack you. And and then I think they used it to try 
so he would go to jail and suspect when he dropped his when he climbs through the window one did you know when he climbs through the window um that is basically a recreation of another west craven movie where johnny in a nightmare on elm street where johnny depp climbs through the final girl of that movie's thing and Skeet Ulrich was cast specifically in this movie because he looks like Johnny Depp. And so that's another throwback to this movie, which I loved. But a lot of people might not, like Monica doesn't watch. Do y'all watch? Have y'all seen Nightmare on Elm Street? I have seen that one. I have seen that one. Put that little fun uh, gesture. It's Wes Craven. Yeah. (laughs) He did all the. Wow. I need oh, yeah. to Wes Craven is our him. king of spooky movies. But I think that was truly to scare Sydney at first. Like they weren't mm-hmm. she was the she was that final cause of all the destruction. I will say though, a death that I have a lot of I mean a lot of questions okay. about <laughs> is Kenny the cameraman. Oh. Kenny, I have questions too. Please continue. Okay, so we know Kenny's throat was slit with Uh a knife, right? Mm -hmm. We know he was just absolutely wrecked. (laughs) But then Gail tries to get in the van and like drive away in the van. And but Kenny was on the roof of the van. Did so how did yeah, how did Stu have time to put and one just physically how could he matthew lillard is six four and very skinny he's six four and he's a hundred pounds like (laughs) how could he kenny you know wasn't a small man he was a normal sized man like a dead weight man Matthew Lillard could never. I'm it's sorry. All adrenaline. Um, in the heat of the moment, you could even lift a car, you know? Like a mother no, with I, her I, child. Yes. Um, yes. There is definitely some implied off-screen strength training going on. Because in the beginning with Drew Barrymore's scene, I was also like, okay, Steve gets gutted in the blink of an eye. Like, they really practice that technique. And then – so fast eating the chair through the window with such force like technique strength like they've been definitely putting in the work before they decided to take this on and I don't know if maybe um there was a little bit of a struggle with the original kill that started a year before we even got to the events of the movie yes um so we learn at the end that sydney's mom was the first target and that was personal for billy i have to imagine it was just practice for Stu. um but i wonder if maybe that didn't go exactly as planned maybe it got messier than they thought maybe it was harder than they thought and they needed a whole year to get um, like, yeah, Trained. to train, they had like a whole, um, if they ever do a, a prequel, it'll just be a montage of young Stu and Billy like at the gym. Um, doing like 1990s P90X. Yes. They're like, how do I get so 
absolutely yoked, but like in a subtle way where you can't tell to the naked eye. Like, how do I get skinny muscles? Yeah. Isn't Stu like wearing like baggy sweaters a lot of the time during the film? So he's covering up the fact that he is just an (laughs) absolute maniac underneath it all. He's just meaty, (laughs) but somehow he looks like he's 100 pounds. (laughs) I think we see Billy without his shirt, Um, but you're right. I don't know that we ever see Stu's bare chest Um, and there could be some real... There could be some some real uh, muscles going on under there. I, I just I don't know. I always because at that point was Billy dead upstairs? No. At what point? With Kenny being dead, had Billy been murdered at this point yet? No, right? Yes, because he gets murdered like right after they um, do some sex, right? They do the sexy time. Uh, I know so that's what I was murder. wondering maybe um like he ran down and helped Stu put like sorry this literally I think of Kenny's death at night it keeps me awake <laughs> I mean me too he didn't deserve to go like that he was such a good guy and a wonderful cameraman I mean those <laughs> angles those angles courtney cox was looking fantastic the entire time listen one of my favorite quotes involves kenny and gail just says to him jesus the camera hurry and kenny just goes my name isn't jesus chef's kiss the perfect line Um, And IMDb Trivia told me that that line was improvised, which is just part of a grand tradition in this film of improvising iconic lines, although most of them come from Matthew Lillard. Yes, our unhinged king, Matthew Lillard. He's truly perfect. Oh man, what did he what did he improv? Tell me, bestow this knowledge upon me. Just so much. Um, At the end, after he and Billy have the penetrated each other with the knives um and i'm gonna circle back to that later um oh yeah we got a lot to talk about there we got a lot to talk about in but that after scene. they have stabbed each other um and Stu's starting to feel a little woozy he is sitting down and billy's like i don't i don't remember who billy wanted him to call oh because he was on the phone with sydney and he's like take the phone mm-hmm. and then while they were shooting the scene skeet ulrich accidentally like knocked matthew lillard in the head with the phone and it was just an accident but then matthew lillard was like you hit me with the phone you dick um and that was oh i wrote it down it's why do you hit me with the phone dick and that is an improv line um he's like sobbing as he says it too it's and then like one second later when he's like did you really call the police and sydney's like yes i did fuck you he's like my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me that's also an improv line and then during his final confrontation with sid and i would like to talk about that sexual chemistry in a minute um but the I always had a thing for you, Sid, and in your dreams, that was also something the actors came up with. I don't know if it was improvised in the moment, oh. but that was not in the script. That was an original moment to them, which is fascinating because IMDb Trivia also says that they dated in real life. Wow. Wow. Be a fly on the wall for that. I mean, no wonder Ooh. that moment was so sizzling. 
It was very spicy. Can't act chemistry like that, okay? And Matthew Lillard covered in blood with all of this happening. We'll get into my love of fake blood uh, when we talk about final scene in this oh, movie. God. But one thing, speaking of hot, hot, intense sexual chemistry, um, can we talk about the movie store <laughs> scene with Billy... Wendy and Stu. Just like a, um, I would like to be Randy. Mm-hmm. Randy did great. Uh, Imagine being sandwiched between those. Two I would guys. like to have, even if they're yelling at you and telling you you suck. I would like to have Matthew Lillard's head on my shoulder. I would like to have, um, I Billy standing right, not really Billy, I guess, just. That that moment, one right behind you, one right in front of you. He like strokes Randy's neck at one moment. Um, there's um, just a okay. lot going on. He flicks his earlobe. He flicks his earlobe. That is wow. Just a lot. A lot. It's wow. an incredible homoerotic <sighs> moment that I think there should have been more. I wanted. More. I mean, we got a little bit at the end where Stu and Billy were like stand up spooning a they little bit. I love that moment. Listen, well, just very close. You know, two dudes murdering each other. It's a very strong it's bonding intimate. moment. It's intimate, it's personal. Yeah, I mean, whenever we watch a movie that was from, you know, the 90s or or back, even the 2000s, you always have to ask, like, could it have been gayer? And the answer is always yes. Um, but this one really did set the groundwork. There was a lot of beautiful, just raw energy, gay mm-hmm. energy. And they just, if they had just pushed it one second further... We really could have gotten there. Missed opportunity, Wes The thing is, there is a lot of fan discussion about whether there was anything going on there and whether Billy was intended to be gay because there's a moment um, where they call him like a pansy or something, mama's boy pansy, or maybe that's a line from the sequel. That's what Sydney calls him. Sydney calls him that. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney, a a pansy mama boy. Okay, there's another similar line um, from Randy in Scream 2, but this line in Scream 1 plus their clear sexual tension that just radiated off of them in waves made people think, like, (laughs) are they supposed to be gay, Billy specifically? And maybe that's why he also has, like, this weird um, aggression towards Sydney in regards to their sex life where he's like, I want to be um, having sex with you because I'm uncomfortable with my sexuality and this will make me feel straight. But also now that we've had sex, I am going to kill you because now I have to confront some other uncomfy feelings. Um, but Kevin Williamson. The coming out Kevin story. Williamson was like, no. Coming out story. Well, Kevin Williamson was like, no, we didn't intend that. But I think um, he, the reason he said that was because people were maybe criticizing it and the in the whole like gay villain trope, which I totally get mm-hmm. because um you don't want your only gay character to be the villains and to be contributing to yeah. the gay people are aggressors, predators, stereotype. But see to me the thing is is that um obviously Sydney is also gay. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw somebody talking about this on TikTok recently, maybe, or on Twitter. 
Um, but she does legit have an Indigo Girls poster in her room. Her relationship with Billy is like not super meaningful. Her relationship in Scream 2, again, just not that deep. And then Scream 3, she's on her own, which is when I really feel like she should have come into her lesbian awakening or have already had that awakening and now have just been like an out lesbian living her life. Um, And they just refuse to give us that within the text, but they aren't giving me anything in the text that disproves it either. So to me, Sydney is big gay. Maybe we'll get that in Scream 5. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what Scream 5 is about. <laughs> can I? Can we do um, a quick prayer, perhaps, for a canonically gay Sydney in Scream 5? Can we just bow our heads and have a moment of silence? Thank you. Thank you, Wes Craven. Amen. That was what I needed. You know, I just, every movie we watch, we're always like, can this be gayer? And I, that stands up for me in everything that I watch, even modern things. I'm always like, they're ignoring that these two characters are clearly gay for each other. Um, And you guys know that about me, but it just really feels like Billy and Stu are a thing. And if they don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Um. Maybe they never acted on those feelings and that's why they were so cuddly because that was like the furthest they were willing to take it without having to be like, what does this mean for us? And like defining that relationship, which is always a tricky conversation to have, you know? And they were both maintaining that they had these girlfriends who they clearly didn't like that much because it's also like, why why did Tatum even have to die? What was his deal with Tatum? She was lovely, very cute outfits, and we already discussed the perky nipples. I mean, (laughs) I will say between Stu and Billy, Stu and Randy, Stu and Sydney, Stu had the least sexual chemistry with Tatum, so I feel like they were just both horny. Um, Because also, (laughs) if Tatum... And Sydney were in love, you know, like I would buy that. I don't think they were. I didn't get that that strong no. vibe. But if they wanted to be, I would support them. Um, but I get mad straight vibes from Yeah, Tatum. that's fair. Yeah, she was super mm. straight. Mm-hmm. She was the friend that uh, little gay Sydney was just in oh. love with. And she was that straight like- friend, which I feel – Mm-hmm. every gay person in their yes. little pjs together having sleepovers in tatum's twin beds like that is oh, tatum being like bam sid super bitch yeah. <laughs> yeah. i just okay first of all i just want to say that i love that tatum is like such a sassy little hoe um and she's got so many iconic <laughs> lines and she has so many moments during the movie where she is the ultimate bff where she's like if you pee i pee clear like every opportunity that she has to be there for sydney other than being late coming over from chair practice that one time she's there for sydney like every Mm -hmm. single time and she's just a boss bitch but then you see her bedroom and it's like this sweet little girl bedroom and she's like in her little baby pjs and she's just so cute and i just love her the most um and again one more time, she should have gotten to survive to the sequel. She should have been Sydney's best friend in college. Sydney needed that continuing support system. Yeah. Yeah, especially since Sydney was like, Hi, my boyfriend murdered my mom, murdered all of my friends, tried to murder me. 
and now I'm gonna, I'm go, gonna to go to college. college. Like, how do you, I get that she had to get out of town? I support that, but like, but she needed her best friend with her who could like understand everything she was going through, so she wasn't the murder. Let's be freak. real. She and Randy were not hanging out until murder started happening again. Randy. No, definitely Randy not. was not, um, I don't want to say Randy wasn't capable of being there for her in that way, because I think Randy would have jumped if given the opportunity, because we know in this movie, the second that he thinks Billy actually tried to kill Sydney, he's like, will Sydney date me now? Um, which also, like, give her yeah, a minute. He's a trustworthy yeah. friend. He is, you know, yeah. He's just trying uh-huh. to jump on it the whole time while he was being emotional. All of Hell the no. friend zone versus the fuck zone discourse. Like, he was not being a friend to her at any point. He was just horny for her. No. No. So I think she just, mm-hmm. like, no offense to Randy, and Jamie Kennedy is an icon as well, but if I had to pick one death to swap, I would say Randy could have died, and I would have loved to see Tatum live. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But, I mean, I feel like we're missing a big part of the picture here by not talking about two of my undercover favorite characters, which had a romance that actually sort of happened, which is my girl, the bitch, Gail, and my boy, Dewey. (laughs) We've not talked about them at all. And honestly, when you said that, I was like, who's she going to say? That is the degree to which um, we have been ignoring them that I forgot they were in this movie, which is so rude because they're also great. Um, Dewey doesn't like really do it for me, but I'm sorry, Deputy Dewey Boy is one of the best lines, as well as when Dewey says, what did mom tell you? When I wear this badge, you treat me like a man of the law. Like, that's objectively great. No, and when Gail... Like, you could tell, like, they had some spicy chemistry when Gail's like, yeah, I test really hot with, like, 18 to 24-year-olds. And Dewey's like, well, I'm 25, but I watched you a lot when I was 24. And you were just like, ooh. Oh, no, he said, he's like, I'm 25, but I was 24 a whole year. Yes, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And you're just like, ooh, yeah, Dewey. Dewey and Dewey is the dum dum with Dewey is Dewey a himbo? I, no mm. offense to David Arquette, I don't think Dewey's big and hot enough to be a full himbo. Okay, so is he an emotional support himbo, which is a regular himbo that just isn't hot Are enough? You, what, no, that's not what an emotional support himbo is. It's just a himbo who listens. Have you to seen you. that chart that's like hot and respect women? And if you're if you respect women but you're not hot, you're just a simp. Oh. Dewey's mm, a simp. No, I don't know enough about this topic to comment. Dewey and Scream Dewey is, a, is simp. a simp. Dewey and Scream Two and Scream Three and Scream Four can be a himbo. But I think, and maybe this is okay. colored by. I'm I'm realizing this now. I think I saw scary movie before I ever saw Scream so I think I did come in with the perception that Dewey is 1000 times stupider and less competent than he actually is um so I want to apologize to Dewey on that front although it really doesn't help his case that Tatum is constantly belittling him um but I think he he made a lot of mistakes in this movie um and so I just I can't 
fully divorced. He's just try- yes. He's trying so hard sure though. Is. This whole he movie. Sure is. But in in he gets better throughout the franchise. But in the first movie, I can't quite divorce it from that um very silly character in scary movie. And so I just I don't perceive him as hot. I think he's like cute, but he's so dumb that it's just like not that's not mm. hot to me, unfortunately. But I do I love his know. sweet, sweet romance with Gail. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And is this where Patricia or not Patricia Arquette, I'm sorry, David Arquette and Courtney Cox yeah. met? Oh it's real chemistry. I think we've broken down the timeline. <laughs> um those four weeks that we watched all of the screams. I think we talked about it a lot. Um, and I think some of our OG Spooky Crew members, like, were very familiar with it. Like, I think Katie and Corey were super knowledgeable about their relationship timeline. I can't say that I stored any of that information in my brain for later. Um, <laughs> but there w- it was like they they were maybe married by the second one and then divorced by the third one. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> That changed the third one for me. But they were definitely divorced by the fourth one, which is when Dewey and Gail are married, basically. Yeah, I think I recall that they were divorced um, by Scream 3 because that's when Dewey proposes. Um, And also... We're spoiling our next episode. I'm sorry, you're right. I know you don't like spoilers, um, so I will refrain from any further Scream 3 content other than to say it, in my opinion, is the best of all the screams. Um, But to get back to this this scream, I know I I am waiting for that moment, and it will be incredible. Um, But on the subject of this scream – can we pick our favorite deaths? I mean, I know we we have acknowledged that the Drew Barrymore death scene is the best scene in the movie, but is it your favorite death? No. No. My favorite death for sure is Tatum, also known as Paige, just because it is outrageous and it's stupid and I don't understand how she possibly could have gotten stuck in that doggy door enough to be lifted up into the sky and then have her neck question mark broken question mark by is that what killed her I think so it's not clear to me but I like that one because it's dumb and I I also hate it that's why I, I think like. that one's the most fun for sure I think um I I have some quabbles quibbles um I have some issues with that death because when we see her like from the outside of the garage it looks like a lot more of her body is through the doggy door and then somehow when we see her from inside the garage it's like just her head and maybe an arm so I think the implication is that maybe she's like falling backwards or something I don't know um but I think the implication is that her the the bottom of her neck is against the bottom of the doggy door and the ceiling of the garage is against the top of her neck and it puts her in such a position that her own body weight like works against it to snap her neck I don't think it's that like the garage is closing so forcefully necessarily I think it's like the positioning as well um it's different when you describe it in such a real life visceral detail <laughs> jesus christ how much did you fucking think about I, this i Chelsea? thought about it all- <laughs> what did you 
get into a doggy door just to like see like oh her neck would have been in this exact position I thought about and- it a lot last <laughs> night it really detail. you know I studied that moment um and I really was like hmm let's break this down as if I were on CSI um well, did a great job. This movie originally had like an NC-17 rating because it was so gory. All, like everything that Chelsea just described, it was worse. Every single death was in detail and specifics and just blood and guts and gore. Did they cut, and did they cut yeah. it? They had to because um, it wouldn't have gotten a theatrical release. And so they had to do like eight revisions so we could get an R Kenny's death. I want to see the director's Kenny's cut. death in particular was cut down a lot so that we just saw the like the slit across the throat. It was like a lot um more of Kenny's reaction I think initially and they liked it because it like really humanized Kenny instead of making him just like um ghostface bait. But maybe that part showed the part where Stu became like the fucking Hulk and Hulk. Now that's an idea. And threw him on top of the truck. And yeeted him onto the roof. Yeeted him onto the truck. Wait, okay, so what what are your guys' scary favorite deaths? Um, (laughs) I gotta say, Paige is definitely the most fun, but Stu is either my favorite or my second favorite. Oh, Tatum, sorry, (laughs) behind Tatum. You said, you said um, I sure did because it's in my notes. I wrote page every single time. Um, it's okay. Okay. But yeah, getting like gradually weaker and woozier after being stabbed and being like, you stabbed me too much. Um, and then when he has that final face off with Sydney, where they do, um, well, at least it's a one way wanting to fuck street. Um, but then she pushes the TV onto his face and he is electrocuted. Don't know if TVs work like that. Did have some questions. Didn't Google anything about old TVs. Um, but I do think that's a great moment where she's like, in your dreams, TV shove. We see him kind of sizzling like a piece of bacon. And it's also kind of like um, meaningful because it's like, oh, the TV, the movies are what inspired these murders. And now it's what's killing yeah, him. That's, that's, there's yeah, a great line left. like that in the movie that's like, movies don't make psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And then mm-hmm. – Stu's whole motive thing is just like peer pressure so that to me is very um karmic that he gets the the tv Mm -hmm. pushed on not just onto his body crushing him and electrocuting him but onto his face specifically like beautiful yeah how about you Sid beautiful but also beautiful Matthew Lillard's face why Sid I want to hear yours (sighs) mine is obviously Billy because it's stuck like it's it's like not even just his death it is that whole scene that last the final act that final the swan song where (laughs) they're all they're all covered in blood fun Mm -hmm. fact this last scene they used 50 gallons of fake blood to film this last scene which just 
sends shivers down my spine. That's that checks out for me. That seemed like fifty gallons. Jesus Christ! How much <laughs> fake fake blood do they, do they use? Do you think where he has the fake blood on him in the beginning from his false death, um, which yes, the corn. Syrup. I mean, it's all corn syrup, but canonically within the film, corn syrup, and it's like redder than the real real blood which is super it's interesting like yeah which too. also how are they gonna explain that um if they were the victims did they have you know those like fruit punches you would get at camp where they're like little bubbles um did they have a bunch of those in a room at the party somewhere and he was just gonna be like somebody spilled on me um like, like officer i was drinking my fruit punch and then they started stabbing yes, me. yes 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 that um that's the only explanation i can think of but has, has to, to be. be um but that they had that prepared and then they had a second obviously much larger they have like fake fake blood a little bit and then fake blood a lot of it um a lot, lot of it, of it. and as these ladies know, and now you, dear listener, will know, um, I am not ashamed to say that I have a love of fake I thought you were going to say blood kink, and that's when I was going to... Well, no, that's... If she's being truthful, that, that's what it is. I'm sorry, I just thought that's... <laughs> That's why I thought you were being like, I'm not ashamed. Hello, it's our first blood, our first episode. Let me tell you about my she blood said kink. That she's not ashamed, which is why I thought she was just really going to go there. Everybody looks sexy covered in blood. Okay, there we all go. right. That's another um, motto for this podcast, another integral truth to this podcast. There's... Things could always mm-hmm. be gayer. So Everything needs Matthew Lillard and everybody looks sexy covered in blood. Yeah, it's like yeah. Our, our spooky Tuesday commandments kind of thing. <laughs> Thou shall cover yourself in fake blood. It's you like must. Randy's uh, commandments for surviving a horror movie. Mm. These are our commandments of a horror, sp- a horror podcast. We're working out the kinks, but you got to drunch yourself in fake blood if you want to get with us. That's how it works. Monica, it's too soon to bring up the word kinks. Not after Chelsea just outed <laughs> she me. Needs a, she needs another moment to recover. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's change the subject. Billy's death. Billy's death. Billy's death. Okay. Everybody knows that one still frame where he is covered in the blood and he is licking his fingers and he just looks like that you know you know exactly mm. what it is it's mm. in your brain that mm. awoken something in seven-year-old me and it has i've never recovered from it and it just like he's so hot and he's so bad and we thought like we find out the motive and when he's telling Sydney the motive about her mom sleeping with his dad so he was like we're gonna kill him I don't think Stu knew the motive I think Stu was just along for the ride just for fun yeah like I thought we were just doing it and then like he gets stabbed by Stu because they're being dumb and then Sydney impales him with an umbrella multiple times. It. She's like, 
die, motherfucker, die. And then Gail shoot Gail shoots him in the shoulder somewhere in the upper torso region. Like like she Gail shoots him, and then Sydney puts a cap in his head. Oh my god. That was that's like the most iconic <laughs> part of the movie. She's like, not in my movie, bitch. <laughs> Cause he just he's dead and he goes, bang! and then she goes, bang, bang. And <sighs> just that whole end scene is my second favorite scene, my first favorite death. It is so we get so much visual stimulation yeah we get so much information usually when i watch scary movies like for a second and third time i'm like way less down i like watching it the first time and then it's spoiled for me so it doesn't ever get me but i was like freaking out again last night watching this like i was scared again i forget i watched this a month and a half ago i forget how freaking intense it is it's just like blood 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 everyone's hot everyone's gay but they're not gay and then they're all dead oh jesus i can't handle it i just have to give um full credits to billy for being the biggest drama king and maybe all of spooky movies as a whole. Um, Cause not only does he get a fake death, which is excellent, but then he also like doesn't quite die and he gets back up and he comes to the top of the stairs and then he hasn't really been stabbed, but he does a slow roll down them to be like, oh, I can't <laughs> possibly continue on. He just That's rolls so himself hard. down the stairs. Yeah. And then he has that reveal where he's like, corn syrup like just every moment from him he's doing the absolute most the fact that he decided to kill his girlfriend's mom because his mom the mom slept with his dad the fact that he's one year later like actually that was not enough for me i would like to kill everybody um just he's doing so much at all times and I really respect somebody who has that much commitment to anything. You know what I mean? Like a lot of follow through. Yeah. I mean like counterpoint to that, but I agree. I also really have a lot of respect for Matthew Lillard's character for Stu just being so unbelievably unhinged that he's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to do it for the fucking lols. I am a true psychopath to my core and I don't give a shit. And I'm just going to do this because it's fun and I can hang out with my boyfriend. She is a down bitch. Okay. I think, I think we can go from there. I want to give out the dumb the bitch first award. first ever dumb bitch award. Oh man. This is, and, this is a big deal. Okay. So I'm going to say my nominee for the Mm -hmm. Dumb Bitch Award, which piggybacks off Monica. I think it's Stu. Oh, man. I agree with you. Honestly, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. I think Stu is the biggest dumb bitch in this movie. He just got peer pressured into going on a murder spree. And I think at that very end... That I think Billy was actually, when he was stabbing him, I think he was trying to kill him. So Stu would be dead and it would only be Billy. And Stu was just 
dumb enough to think that this absolute sociopath wasn't also going to kill him. That's a really good point. I, I would not have considered Stu for the dumb bitch award, but you, you, because I really don't think he was peer pressured. I think his whole life he was waiting for somebody to ask him if he was willing to kill anybody. Um, But once you said he didn't think Billy was going to kill him, but it seems like Billy was really going for it. Now you've convinced me because it is it is a dumb bitch move to be like, we're going to kill people together and he's never going to turn on me. Like, obviously only one person can be left to maintain the integrity of the story. There can only be one. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good nomination. How about you, Monica? I mean, I was going to say that too, uh, but I would, I would say if not Stu, but I do, I put my vote in for Stu. Um, I think that we just got to go with the OG dummy Dewey. I mean, mm. he didn't die. He didn't die. And, and I'm happy for him, but he almost did. And he's really dumb. And we love him for that. But he's a dumb bitch. Dewey's just the dumb yeah, dumb. He sure is. He sure is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It didn't get him killed, but it's truly shocking. That's the shock, most shocking part of the entire film. <laughs> we didn't die. <laughs> Charles, what's yours? Um, I originally thought maybe I would nominate Casey because she flirts with the guy on the phone for a long time. There's a lot of flirting with somebody who is a stranger with the wrong number. Um, when she grabs a knife from the kitchen, she's holding it upside down. She stays on the phone potentially giving away her location instead of hanging up and not having someone listening into every move. Um, And then also she does pause when she sees Steve and then she keeps running, but then she stops again and she stops for long enough that Ghostface manages to catch up to her and grab her. So that was originally my thought. Um, And then I had an honorary mention for Randy's, do you think Sydney will date me now that Billy tried to mutilate her? That's just dumb bitch material. Um, but I have to. Oh, I also had Paige might be a dumb bitch for thinking she could fit those titties through the doggy door with ease. Um, <laughs> ultimately, my nominee did go to Dewey as well because you don't. If you're the police, and you shouldn't be the police, but if you are the police. You shouldn't invite <laughs> yeah. a tabloid journalist to take a walk with you as you investigate something that could possibly be related to a murder, even though he didn't realize it was related to the murders until he recognized it as Mr. Prescott's car. Um, when the speeding cars with drunk kids came flying down the street, he yelled, slow down freeze like he yelled freeze at these speeding cars as if he thought it was gonna do anything or if they could even hear him as they're shouting and playing music and then when he finds neil prescott's car he like rubs his hands all over it not at all maintaining the integrity of the evidence like now your fingerprints are all over this car i just felt like in addition to whatever other issues you have with him, like bad at his job, just not not good at it. It hasn't really no. come into his own as a yep. member of law enforcement yet. So I just, I had to give Dewey my nomination for the Dumb Bitch Award. He's so dumb. God. Dewey is so dumb. <sighs> That's what, yeah. But you made such a convincing point about Stu not thinking that Billy would double cross him that now I'm like, 
that, that's yeah. such a good point. I like he didn't know that that's the reason that Billy was started this whole thing. He looked super shocked, unless he's like a great actor in front of Sydney. But I don't think so. I think that was real <laughs> within the realm of the film. <laughs> to be clear, okay. What if uh, the whole movie they just didn't tell Matthew Lillard that that was the motive? So that was his actual reaction. Oh my god, he's so incredible! <laughs> the perfect okay, man. So who do we think is the biggest dumb bitch? Is it Stu or is it Dewey? I still think it's Stu. I think it's got to be Stu because who fucking died? Stu and Dewey's still kicking. Ultimate, <laughs> ultimate dumb dumb move is getting dead. Is getting dead. That's that's the ultimate dumb dumb move. All right. Well, I think that makes it official. The first ever Spooky Tuesday Dumb Bitch Award goes to Stu. Congratulations, Matthew Lillard. If you would like to accept your award in person, we will be available whenever, whenever. Mm-hmm. Anything for you. Um, but now we have another rating to give out which is our knives out of fives we're gonna rate every movie we've seen we'll each do our own rating a number of knives out of fives possible knives you have to lean up to the right it's knives out of fives Mm -hmm. it's it you have to go it's fives okay we're not misspeaking okay i would like to preface this by saying scream 1996 got 7.2 out of 10 on imdb it got 78 percent fresh from critics on rotten tomatoes and 79 percent fresh from audiences and it did win the 1997 mtv movie award for best picture so where do you guys think oh, it was? Wow. That's like an Oscar in the 90s. That's incredible. This is a five out of five for me. This is my OG favorite favorite movie ever. Like this is it for me. You can I watch this movie once a month. I have a great time. I I'm never going to get tired of this movie. I can't wait to show it to my future children at an inappropriate age so they can also experience the joy that I did. Perfect. Paying for their therapy. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie is the bar, especially for you, Sydney. (laughs) Um, For me, I mean, the fact that it still scares me and I've seen it three times and I... I'm willing to watch it another time in my life, probably at least four more times in my life. I'll commit to that right now. Um, I'm not going to give it a five, not mm, five knives out of fives um, because I want to leave a little room to be really blown away, but I am going to give this a good 4.64 out of five knives. Thank That's you. That's <laughs> Um, I get real granular. I... You know, I do have some logical inconsistencies I would love to pick over. I do have some issues with the logic of the film that I want to, like, what were they going to, where are they going to go with the fruit punch excuse? Like, you know, I'm filling in a lot of gaps myself here on some of these things, um, and I'm happy to do it because I love a good fanfic. And this is an extension of that for me to be writing in these missing scenes. Um, so, you know, there there is a little work that I have to do as the viewer to make some of this make sense. 
but I'm happy to do it. Um, and I don't really have any significant complaints. So just for how legendary this film is, for how much it sparked in the genre, for how much love it has for the genre, I will also be giving it five knives. Wow. Five knives. Five knives. Five knives. Five knives. Five knives. It's really hard to say. <laughs> but it works. I love it. Wow. I mean, so if you didn't watch the movie before listening to this, which like, what the fuck? You have to watch the movie before listening to this. I have a big thing about spoilers. So please don't make me cry because I spoiled this movie for you. I have cried because I spoiled Game of Thrones for someone. I cried. And then I called him like four hours later and I apologized again, crying on the phone. So don't make me cry. Watch the movie. Or do make her cry. I mean. If you've listened to this whole podcast and you're just now hearing the fact that if you haven't watched the movie, you've made Monica cry. Um, pretend right like now. you haven't <laughs> listened to this podcast. And then you can just like listen but to it again later. Because um, honestly, I love to spoil things huh. for people. So you can make Monica cry or you can make me happy or you can make Monica happy. I won't cry if you've seen the movie. That's probably your better bet if you're looking to get on our good side. Um, but I'm just saying like if we're spoiling it for you, that is a joy for me. So like don't feel too bad. So... If you want to keep these spooky vibes going next week with us, we will be talking about Scream 2. So make sure you watch it if you don't if you don't want to be spoiled and make Monica cry or, you know, if you want to cry and make Chelsea happy, don't watch it and just come back next week. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode. If you liked what you heard, come and follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are spooky underscore Tuesday on Instagram and on Twitter. And um, you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And please, 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 please leave us a review. Five stars. That's how people see this shit. Okay. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs>